Go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think it works. I don't think it works like that. Go no, <laughs> it does now. Go, 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 go. In go mode. <laughs> In limited time mode. Uh, uh, right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Salutations, I'm Ian, he's Ollie, we're both guys. Oh, fuck. You were meant to say hi, sorry, mate. No, no, you're just steamrolling ahead. Steamrollering. <laughs> yeah. He's steamrollering. In steamroller uh, okay, mode. Go <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Salutations, I'm Ian, he's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys, we're talking about movies of video games. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Insert coin. That's good. I I knew that you'd have a semi decent one for this one, especially when I mentioned the mo- the video games <laughs> movies at the start. My semi um, is decent. That was semi decent. Yep. Yep. That semi. What did you, What did de- you think to decent. my semi decent joke as well? I mean, are we two for two? Yeah. That, I mean, it counts as one. Okay. Two two halves make one x hole. Right. Fine. Happy with that. Okay. So so this episode uh, has been haphazardly slapped together, but it's something that is close to both your heart and my mind. And my bank account. Your bank account. My livelihood. Yeah, correct. Certainly your livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we both work in games, but we've not done an episode related to video game movies yet. So yeah, so I just wanted to... Forex. I did want to just clarify that is video games, not board games, not like playground games or mind games even. Did you just lose your voice a little bit there, Ollie? Mind games. (laughs) Yoda. Explain yourself, you will. So is it fair to say that the video games that, sorry, the type of games that we make are not delightful? They're not delightful. They're they're video games. They're you know they're they're the the things that basically anytime something really bad happens, video games. Video games. It's, either, it's either heavy metal, video games, or the Matrix. So if if you if you're <laughs> listening, Matrix. Yeah, if you're listening to if you are listening to heavy metal whilst playing, if you are, if you are playing Enter the Matrix or whatever video game there was of the Matrix. Yeah. You're going to do something horrendous afterwards. Believe, mark my words. So yeah, we work in we work in video games. So we've been we've both. I've been in the video games industry for nearly fifteen years. Um, Ian, seven. Although I mean, I've technically no. Actually, it's more than that. It's eleven years because I started before I went to. Oh no, it is. It's uh, seven. It's about seven years. All right, and then before. Before that, we're going to go through um, our Seggy One. Yeah. The Seggy One this week, again, has been haphazardly thrown together, but I think it's going to be entertaining. I don't so, believe Ollie, that. I believe that. You don't believe this? I believe. Well, I don't believe that it's been thrown together, but I do believe it will be entertaining. You'll certainly find it entertaining because you're going to be 
In the hot seat. Urine the hot seat. <laughs> Don't put urine in the hot seat. But I've told you this. Ollie, sit down in the hot seat. No. <laughs> Don't <laughs> piss in the hot seat. Um, <laughs> Try not to. So the, this hot seat is particularly hot because um, it's going to have a barrage of uh, the steamingest hottest. <laughs> the steam, yeah, the steamingest hottest. I, I get you. The steamingest hottest uh, video, video game movie soundtrack songs Ist. thrown at it. Ist. Yeah. Songs from video game movie soundtracks, and you're going to have to guess which video game movie those songs are from. Okay. There's five of them, and I would say if you get three or more, you could stand to win two X Rollo desserts. Okay, shall we kick off? Yeah. Now, I'm going to play a tiny clip as to avoid whatever type of legal ramifications um, may be associated with using these tracks. I do not think there is enough people currently listening to our podcast to worry about legal ramifications. They might just probably just think, oh, bless them, they're trying. Well, Ollie, I think that's probably the line of argument that um, mega billionaires use on on, uh, the courtroom floor. Yeah. When questioned about this. Oh, well, we we didn't think with the number of users we had that it mattered. Okay, so track number one. Okay, I'm priming priming my ears for a barrage of potentially new metal. (laughs) Potentially new metal. New, N-U, it won't be new. No, these are all from a little while ago. You are correct. Oh, I almost had a, a sick there. Okay. This is your first track. Okay. Ready? Go. I've got the. Yeah. Do you want me to play that again? No, I know, I know. It's I've I've got the power or the power. Correct. So that's the ba- the band is called Snap, right? Correct. Now, which movie was this used in? You know what? I'm going to say. I mean, we're we're talking. The era was the '90s, uh, '80s, '90s, maybe late '80s early 90s sure okay i've got to deduce it in my head so i think it's either going to be mario or street fighter okay okay so i'm gonna go for mario and you would be correct really wow that was i mean look that was basically an educated guess and i i haven't seen mario i'm gonna gonna stress that um well it's it's actually called mario bros Mario Bros, like Warner Bros. Bros. Have you seen it? I have seen it, but I was about five, I think. I mean, it was when it came out. Just a win. It was when it came out. Um, Some of the comments on this video on YouTube, this song was the fucking bomb. Yeah. Best song of the entire decade. And there were were a lot of good ones. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you'd say, and there were a lot of songs. (laughs) <laughs> no, there were a lot of good ones. <laughs> okay. Um, out of nowhere, and seemingly in response to nothing, unless it's maybe been deleted or taken down, yeah. somebody said, you freaking racist, la 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 Okay. And uh, somebody else said, um, Mike Johnson, it's still the bomb in 2017. Mike Johnson was right then, he's right now. I mean, it's a banger, as the kids may it's say. A banger. A banger. But the film probably isn't a banger, am I right? I mean... Well, we can maybe talk about that a little later, bit more. Yeah. Okay, but at the moment, 
pod the, chat. At the moment, the 2X Rolo desserts look favourably like they're going to be winging their way back to me. You're two-fifths away from securing them. Yep. You've got one point. Okay. You need two more points to successfully get those roller desserts. Okay. Bring one it on. X point equals one X dessert, if that's uh, okay. how you want to look at it. So, song number two. Are you ready? That's by Blur. Shut up. Are you ready for your second song? Yes. <laughs> Here it comes. That wasn't Do you know it? it wasn't enough. Is it is it Megadeth? No. In fact, quite far off. Is it like something like Evanescence? Do you want to keep guessing? Godsmack. Oh, it it's slipknot, no. isn't it? It's... Yeah, there you go. Right, okay. A little so... bit of vocal got you over the line. Roger <laughs> Pyro! <laughs> <laughs> basically Correct. that's my impersonation of uh, of Slipknot Corey Taylor uh, it, it reeks of Mortal Kombat mm. but because it reeks of Mortal Kombat it means that it's a film by the same director it's Paul W.S. Anderson it's Resident Evil which? first one one Resi 1 Ooh. Resi Dwan I think I'm going to give you half a point for this. Do you okay. know the song? Uh, you know the band, you don't know the song. I don't know, no. I don't, to me. Yeah, so uh, you're very close. It's Slipknot, it's Vermilion, which I think was one of the lacklustre tracks from, I think it's like the Subliminal Verses or something. There were a couple of like sort of all right tracks on that album. Okay. I saw them play the year that that came out actually the the clown is essentially running around with a baseball bat hammering barrels which yeah as far as far as something <laughs> to be paid to go yeah. around the world doing is freeloading chuck, chuck him um, out he's, he's doing nothing it's from resident evil but it's resident evil apocalypse which i think is the second one dos resident evil dos, dos. Res- no i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was pretty good. I'm going to say you got okay. one and a half points. So you've still got a point and a half to get to get these roller desserts. Okay, next. Oh God, what the hell is this? It's it's some it's something like it's something that I would hate, like Marilyn Manson or Rob Zombie. Really? Yeah, mate. I thought you were going to be right on this one, but uh, looks like you're not. It, it doesn't sound like something I'd, I'd enjoy. Is it Megadeth? Correct. Right, okay. Well, I think, look, what I would say is that the hearing it from your tinny speakers over a WhatsApp recording um, isn't doing it justice. And his voice sounded terrible there. Well, it didn't. It didn't it, sound like. It didn't sound like Mustaine. Well, it does sound like Mustaine, but and it sounds exactly like the album recording of it. The only thing is, this is a remix. Um, ah, okay. Of of what song? I can't tell you. You're gonna have to work that out. Gears of Can War. I play again. It's not Mortal Kombat. No. Uh, I know that they did one for Gears of War. 
Um, but Which is not a movie. Yeah, no, they never made a movie out of Gears of War, did they? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to pass. I don't know. Okay, sure. Yeah, I don't know. That was uh, almost honest. It was a remix of Almost Honest. Yeah. Um, which appears on Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, for fuck's sake! <sighs> that's that's disappointing. That is disappointing. I thought you would have had that one, but hey, you are going to have to not get some of them, eh? <laughs> you're Can't in win everything. You're in trouble now. You're in the hot seat, and sometimes the pressure of the hot seat is enough to make any man crumble. Or you're slash in. slash woman. Yeah, <laughs> man slash. Um, okay, so that's three down. You've got a point and a half. You've got two to go. Let's see if you can get either of these. Okay. Next track. I know this. Okay. So, who, who are we I know, listening I know to who there, it is. <laughs> this, I don't know whether this is embarrassing or not, I suppose, but um, I know it because I actually, I actually really like it. Uh, it's Nightwish. Yeah. I saw them this year at Download, or last year at uh-huh. Download, and they were... They were just, they were really good. Um, they were, they were, they were, they were really good. They, they're just one of these like big show bands, you know, they're like, they, they put on a bloody good show. Uh, but, and it was, and, and if you go and have a look on, on the internet and we'll put it, we'll put this clip in the, uh, in the ad three watch list section on the guys on film.co.uk website. There's a, a, a delightful clip of a man dancing in the mud, which is, which is delightful. <laughs> okay, so we're losing listeners the more you profess your love to Nightwish. Um, Am I? We might be gaining them. <laughs> we're going down the niche, niche, niche market. Um, <laughs> of the multi-million selling band. Yeah, that's, I mean, okay, fair enough. But <laughs> what song is it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But you love it. Uh, I was getting from the, the from the first couple of bars of the guitar bit there. Yeah. I was actually getting a little bit of a ghost vibe from them. And right. I know I just messaged you about ghost yeah. just prior to this podcast, but I was getting a real ghost vibe from that until she started singing. Where yeah, and then it I and then it all it. goes downhill for you. Yeah. So it's called Amaranth, and yeah. it is uh, a Nightwish song. But which movie is that featured in? That's a difficult one because basically, essentially, like a fantasy-ish band. I mean, that could also be Resident Evil. To be fair, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm actually going to go. <laughs> I love how you say it, and then you pause for me to give up some answer. <laughs> yeah, that you know could what? be Resident Evil. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say that. That's bang on what. I may expect from a Resident Evil soundtrack. So I'm going for Resident Evil and I'm going to go for one of the more recent Resident Evils, maybe something like uh, Afterlife or Extinction. Okay. You've purposefully chosen two resis. So Resident Evil, Afterlife. Ooh, you know what? It's Extinction, but I'm going to give you another half point for that just (sighs) because you you basically got it. You said Extinction and then you changed it. With the power of deduction. So I'm on two points now. It all rests yep. on this final one. Am I right? Uh, correct. Okay. Last chance, saloon. Here we go. Oh, fuck off this. Oh, mate, don't ever play that to me. <laughs> that is the worst song ever. Like, honestly, I hate that song so much. I'm so angry. 
Like I used to work, I used to work in a pizza place, right? And we were there till like two o'clock in the morning, scraping cheese out of pans. And you'd hear that sort of shit at two o'clock in the morning. And it's just that horrible chorus. It's the worst song ever. It's, it's my... No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Do you, I mean, come on, it's it's it is a shit show of a song. <laughs> Mate, you must know. You must have known this. Um, I'm getting. You ang- know what? I saw you two live once, and I liked it. I'm getting angrier by the second. <laughs> Do you know the game? This song must have come out 97, 98, something like that. I would nope, have... wrong. I've got, I've got a guess. Final Fantasy. Okay, is final, that your final answer? Mate, Final Fantasy is my final answer, and that will be the final time that I ever hear that awful song. I hope we get um, sued. I hope we get sued by uh, by Bono. Bono's actively filing the paperwork as we speak. Uh, so, Final Fantasy, ta- final answer. Okay, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. I'm afraid it was in fact Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Okay. Fine. So, where you were off on the timeline was that around '96 they did the soundtrack song "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" for uh, Batman Forever. Yeah. As well as Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Yeah. Um, so that's what they were doing around then. And then it wasn't until, I think, 2001 when they brought out um, All That You Can't Leave Behind or something that had um, Elevation on it. Yeah. And Beautiful Day and all that stuff. Oh, no, that one as well. Oh, it's like... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Please stop. Okay. We move on to life scores, which is now like three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've gotten two out of five. I did give you a couple of halves where maybe I could have been more generous. So I'll tell you what. Why don't you treat yourself to <laughs> okay, the two X roller dessert? Yeah, I think I did pretty um, well. I think I think our viewers and listeners will agree uh, I did quite well there for someone yeah. who was uh, making pure guesswork there. So okay. We good? Please don't play that. I've got Mandy Fairbrother, the fairest of all the brothers. <laughs> so obviously you've listened to every single episode going, so you know that you know the crack. Five standard questions, well, four standard questions and one wild card. Okay. So maybe tell me a little bit about yourself, about you, but everyone else doesn't. <laughs> I'm Mandy. I'm Ollie's girlfriend. Um, lucky me. Um, like Certainly lucky you. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, I like cats and that's about it really. I don't know that much about films. Ollie is, um, has been educating me and he made me watch Aliens recently, which was absolutely terrifying, but... Terrifyingly delightful. Um... <laughs> so what, what was the last film that you saw? Well, I saw the classic um, action nonsense film Commando on Saturday night with yeah, you. You did. Um, it was brilliant. 
it was actually better than I expected it to be. I loved it and I'd like to watch it again soon. It was that good. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I think I said to you as well, it's like a really progressive film for its time with the East German immigrant coming into America, creating the best army team going. And then, you know, single dad interracial relationship by the end of it i mean do you get any more progressive than that no it was good and the woman could fly a plane as well so you know strong strong independent independent woman woman. (laughs) don't need that pilot (laughs) and uh so what what's your uh what's your favorite film i have got a favorite but i think it's a bit sad to have it as a favorite so i was trying to think some a bit more you know, highbrow, but it's Napoleon Dynamite. Were you trying to think of a better one than Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. But Napoleon like, Dynamite's really good, though. It is really good, yeah, but I was trying to think of all the films I've watched in my life, and I'm sure there's got to be something that I liked more than that, but it obviously wasn't good enough for me to remember it. So um, Napoleon Dynamite, it's just happy and funny, and the dance at the end. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's the best thing ever, really. The so. dance, the running, the Rex Condo. <laughs> and I love Pedro. Yeah. And just his little face. Well, you and, love yeah. him. Would you, would you say you're a, a Pedrophile? <laughs> um, moving, swift, moving swiftly on. W-Y-S-R-E popcorn as a cinema snack. I would say popcorn is the most ideal cinema snack. Okay. It's obviously delicious. Yeah. Well, some some people, some people who host this podcast would say that it tastes like cardboard and and they'd say something like, it's fucking shut. Yeah, but some people come from a country where they put kebab meat on pizzas. That's and true. So, fast. so why do you, before we start getting too uh, racist, <laughs> um, what would you say you like about uh, popcorn? Or well, the sounds of it when you know you're sticking your hand in the bucket of popcorn, it kind of makes quite a soothing sound that's not too offensive to the ears. Not right. like the rustling of. I don't know, me trying to get an Oreo out of my bag the other week when I'm watching Aliens. That was a nod. The unnamed friend eating chocolate eclairs in the cinema. You know, you know, like, if you can get these CDs, like, called Native Spirit or, or <laughs> Rain, Rainforest Dreams, where, you know, or Whale Song Re-Energised or something like that, you maybe, maybe you could record, like, popcorn classics. Um <laughs> Which is just a, a 5.1 surround mix of like maybe 50 or 60 people all rummaging around and eating popcorn and it would be like a very yeah. soothing oral experience. So what's your life score? Out of, well, it's an 11 point scale, but you know this because you've listened to every single episode going. Yeah, minus one. Um, yeah, I think my life score at the moment is um, probably about... A s- Seven. I would hope that it would be more than that, you know, just a base level eight, really. But, um, you know, yeah, well, seven, one, what's going on? It's raining. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's it's raining, so that automatically, you know, puts it down a bit. It puts dampener on things. Um, I haven't got anything else to really complain about. You're at your classic seven, your your classic Johnson seven. What would be the most useless superhero power that you can think of? Okay, well, I've given this probably a bit too much for, but um, a guy who... certainly... Shut up. Um, a guy who can toast bread with his hands. Only bread. So, Quite. I've got in. Yeah. I've got many questions. Uh, so just bread, nothing else. So he can. Can he heat anything else? No, just bread. But right. he's he's gluten intolerant. So he can can't he eat it. can he toast gluten free bread? That's not bread. So, so no. no. So no. So he can. It's not bread. So no, he's he's stuck with this amazing talent for making you know, the world's tastiest snack, toast, but he can't eat it himself. Wow, that's a real. I guess I guess he I guess he could give it to his friends, but he's he's not very generous. Well, and I mean to be fair, there is a device that does this fairly effortlessly anyway, and allows you to do it hands free. But if you're out of the house. And you and just you need just some toast. A bit of toast. Or if you yeah, were in the cinema or... and you didn't want any popcorn and you just fancy some toast, you could take a loaf in with you and... But the problem is then with the cinema, toast would be too noisy to eat, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because it would be extra crunchy. Imagine if I was sat next to you eating toast in the cinema. I'd have to leave. T- toast is definitely not a cinema snack. No. Well, that is, that is pretty useless. Um, I'm yet to think of a positive application for it. Yeah, so well done. That's that's truly a terrible superpower. Hey, that's enough about you. We need to find out about about me and Ian now. Okay. Bye. Bye. I'm not genuinely saying bye to you. I'm just. <laughs> I, I almost hung up on you. <laughs> Live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine, thank you. Live score. Out of ten. Live score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. Okay, Olive, what's your life score? Um, well, it was it was probably about a seven, but it, it really has generally gone down to a six now because of that. But I've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Housekeeping. Um, and as housekeeping. I said, yeah. So as I said, as I said before, life's pretty good. Built a wardrobe. Um, so you say built a wall. <laughs> the January is pretty much over it's been fine um you know not good fine uh, no it's been fine it's been it's made me realize a few things uh I, I you know what i recommend that everyone at least try it for a week and just see how they fare because i think it gives you a newfound respect for people who who are who do live like that it, it isn't it isn't massively easy and i think having the knowledge that i can end it uh, in february spurs you on a bit because you're like well you know it's only a month but it, it does it does make you you reconsider what you eat, so that's good. But uh, a little bit housekeeping. Housekeeping. We did um, our food related podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I, I never managed to get my um, my pitch for Big Mac to the future out. Okay. And it's it's been bugging me that it's not out there. Okay. So this is my life score. So my life score is currently a, it was a seven, but it's now a six because of the U two song. Okay. Big Mac to the future. Three friends create a time machine. 
maybe maybe some sort of time knife or so what they decide to do is they decide to go back in time to a point before the man who invented the big mac invents it and actually invent it themselves okay thus thus making all the money when they go back in time the three friends try and basically fuck each other over and create rival burgers and and basically alter the course of history and that's why it's called big mac to the future because they're all they're all going back in time to reap the rewards of someone else's ingenuity but with hilariously tragic consequences with harrowing consequences <laughs> yeah with harrowing consequences butterfly effect five big mac to the future <laughs> okay uh it sounds excellent thank you you are aware as well i don't know if you'll have seen the trailer but um the founder starring michael keaton yeah. is a story about the man who did originally start um frying up them burgers seemingly, yeah. but then quickly moved away from bothering with the um burger side of things and just became a franchisee right um basically he was the founder of mcdonald's so yeah related note i saw the trailer for that the other okay. day yeah so uh have you got any have you got any questions for me about big mac to the future not really no it sounds fine it sounds fine is it i mean if if there is anybody uh any execs listening i'm sure there are because we have hundreds of millions of listeners uh bono if you're listening i am sorry um maybe if you want to have the right to big mac to the future then you know we can put this little misdemeanor behind us sure and he can he can make it as long as i get a credit it's fine okay how's your Um, life um my life is good. I was really bad last week when I, I basically felt super sick for a little while. And now I'm feeling good. Actually, I I was expecting maybe some sort of positive thing to have happened in your life to bring you up to an eight. Because you've been sitting at the classic seven mark for quite some time. Yeah. Um, although you have obviously dropped to a six, so you've got leg work. Yeah, to do, yeah. yeah. I'm good. I saw Spotting last night. Okay. Um, How was that? Which, which was opening weekend. This is being recorded sort of around the opening weekend for Spotting. So it was good. I really liked it. What would you give it on the 11-point scale? I'd give it an 8, I think. Wow, that's... that's So far, you know, we're only in, into February getting an 8 this early on. Hmm. It's not, I mean, it probably won't by the end of the year be a film of the year for me. It didn't feel like that. I don't know. It's not changing the world or anything, but the key thing to it is that the passage, the thing it's got on its uh, side is that the passage of time between the first one and now... Is realistic. Well, no, I, I mean, the real life passage of time from the first movie till now... Okay. ...means that they've got ammunition to play with basically the nostalgia and i don't know i I think basically playing with um people that can actually see that type of change in themselves from the first time they watch the film there's a lot of like reflection for the characters about what's changed since then like mirrors and and shiny surfaces and things like that (laughs) yes no more like reflecting pools uh ponds puddles that sort of thing of crack no um but there's a lot of reflection from the characters and I think it naturally means that people watching it get quite attached to it because the, yeah. the first film, 
obviously a lot of people going to see the second one now will have seen that and they'll have seen mm-hmm. it at a certain time in their life. So yeah. really easily Danny Boyle sort of taps into, well, you know, what were you doing with all your pals around that time? Yeah. How do you feel about them now? All that sort of stuff. So, what were you doing with your pals around that time? Well, I was really young, actually. And yeah. this is an, another thing that I was going to say about it was just that um, I actually watched it thinking maybe I'm at the point they were at when the first film happened. And okay. they're, you know, looking at the last 20 years or so of their lives in this movie. And, I, and I'm kind of thinking like, right, there's that time ahead of me right now, so don't mess it up. <laughs> which is where I, I am, it, Ian, which is where I am now, right? You're, you're not 20 years older than me. <laughs> well, I mean, nearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably closer to where they are in the re- reflection, right? But, yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm just saying that it worked differently for me because I'm, I'm not quite wh- where they are, but it still makes you consider, you know, where your life is and then, you know, where... Yeah, like if you had ten years between now and then, what what would you do, or you know, how would you reflect on it? Was, later was the film was the film a little bit like um, ten years later, Ian coming back, telling ten years younger Ian, hey, you know, just try your darn hardest and you know, be the best you you can be because you don't get another chance, you don't get to start from another save point. There's no checkpoints. This this is it. So get like? your head out that toilet. You're not yeah. that desperate for drugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so one side point. That, so I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought okay. it was uh, well done. Uh, a couple of sort of weird editing bits in it, but um, overall it was very good. Yeah. So anyway, I, what, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an eight. I'm an uh, eight. Can, can you actually just on a second thoughts, can you, can you put me up to a, a seven and a half? I've just remembered two things. Uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've booked a, a summer holiday today um i'm going away with uh mandy and children for a week um looking forward to that but also um i had a scallop batch earlier in the week uh the first the first time in about 18 months and it was it was brilliant and uh if any listeners don't know what one of those is it's a basically it's a potato sandwich so you get a disc of you get a disc of potato like a medallion of potato you deep fry it so ian you would love it um you put I don't it in think a. That's true. You put it in a batch, and you mean a roll. You mean a bread roll. I mean, well, I mean a bread roll. But we in Coventry we call them a batch. Um, so what? What do you but, call? But is what do you call them in? Them? So what do you call them in? Um, in Scotland, like bread juice. A roll. A roll. <laughs> a, a roll. Water juice. <laughs> a roll. Okay, a roll. Yeah. So I had a I had a scallop batch. Um, and it was, yeah, it was good. So how many were in the batch? You don't just cook one roll at one time, do you? Yeah, but you're eating the whole batch? That seems excessive. <laughs> no, I'm just eating one of the batch. So what happens when you want to order a sausage roll from Greg's? They'll get all confused because they won't know whether to give you a sausage roll or a sausage roll. No, in Scotland you go, can I get sausage in a roll? <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah. and the, actually, the confusion point comes. When Do you want you, some sauce on that? <laughs> the confusion point actually comes when you need to define the type of sausage, because they're um, like link, right. link or lawn. So you get a link sausage or a lawn sausage, which is right. a flat one. Yeah, and also confusion point is a is a great name for a new uh, Steven Seagal film. 
based in Scotland, based in yeah, he Govan. Just, he's just he just hasn't got a clue what's going on throughout the whole film. Uh, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> we need to defuse the bomb. Like Corlon. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're up to seven point five. You're yeah, going let's away, go for seven point five. Uh, when you said scallop, right? Yeah. I didn't know that a scallop was basically fried potato, but that's stupid. I mean, I thought that you'd been eating fish. It's a deep-fried disc of potato. Okay. That sounds um, disgusting, but fair enough. Uh, when you when you come back to Coventry, uh, well, I mean, you probably won't, judging by that reaction. Based on but, this. What is it, 11th worst city in the known universe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Okay, carry on. Okay, right. Okay, so you're a seven point five. Yeah, I'm an eight. Oh, and also, it's going to be the Royal Rumble tonight, so I'm staying up really late to watch that. Okay, nice. And it will it will be uh, a tipping point for my year because if it goes a particular direction, I may be dropping a, a large sum of money to go to WrestleMania. Okay. <laughs> Let us deep dive. Did they swallow an insight analysis all that data? I hope that information wasn't false. Okay. Open up the hatch. No. We jump into, uh, alongside James Cameron, we jump into his farty submersible. Yeah. He has lit a match before we got in there, thankfully. Okay. Yeah. the air is burning. Purified. <laughs> it's hot to breathe. <laughs> oh, I've got dry throat. He's spontaneously combusted. It's just the two of us now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's set sail. And a pile of ash. To the deepest of the uh, video game movie seas. Yeah. So I, I wanted to start this one off by actually finishing off the Mila Jovovich commentary that I had last week. There's one point I forgot to make, which is related to, uh, I can't remember the name of it, one of the most recent uh, Resident Evils. So it was uh, it was based in a place where they're simulated like Russia, Japan, China, yeah. USA, and it was just a, a way of forcing in lots of locations into the okay. movie. Yeah. And it was like levels that you navigated yep. through. Ice level, lava level, so underwater level. This bad guy in it, who basically looks like Max Headroom or whatever, like he's got these that would massive be, glasses uh, and blonde hair. Albert Wesker. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. So he speaks like Troy McClure and he's uh, explaining, ex- like, he's, it's just an exposition. Like overload for Ian. Uh, is this an impression that you can do? Mm, I could have. I could have tried harder in advance to to work this out. Okay. So he gets into it and he starts explaining what exactly has gone on. Can you do Sean Connery doing an impression of Troy McClure? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'll just do Sean Connery. But <laughs> uh, Alice asks, "So why simulate?" Uh, Tokyo or whatever it was. Yeah. And he starts explaining. And then uh, midway into it, he says, simulated an outbreak in the USA, sold it to the Russians. Simulated an outbreak in Russia, sold it to the Americans. Simulated an outbreak in China. And then Alice jumps in because by this point, she's finally understanding. What about Milton Keynes? (laughs) No, he says, simulated an outbreak in China. She says, Sold it to the Japanese. But 
It doesn't end she's there. Yeah. It uh, doesn't end she, there. She's, she's, she's twigged on, but not only does she finish a sentence, she feels the need to complete the whole thing. Because okay. I, I, I guess it's like, it's written on paper, I better say my lines. So yeah. she goes to the effort of adding all the syllables of simulated an outbreak in China, sold it to the Japanese. Yeah. It's just the most, oh <laughs> my God. It's just te- like tedious, tedious, terrible shit, but um, fun at the same time. That's probably the most fun crap note from it because a lot of it just depressed me. Would you know but- what I did immediately after we recorded our Miller Jovovich slash Resident Evil deep dive? Do you mean Djokovic? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. In bed, I got my phone and I typed in Resident Evil deaths because... <laughs> I just wanted to watch them. So I watched a condensed version of every single Resident Evil movie in about 25 minutes, but it was just the deaths. It was just the headshots and the stomps. Um, Uh And a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping. Lasers don't happen in AVP, Alien vs. Predator. It's actually like uh, the Predator's kind of weird wire net that slices shit up, so... Apologies, okay. but it's a similar thing. Similar thing. Okay, similar. but we deep, we're, but we deep dive in movies about games, and sure. generally, generally they just don't work. Since the dawn of time, they haven't been kind on one another. I mean, even off the top of my off your off my head, or even off your head, can you think of one video game adaptation that that you'd say was worthwhile, that was good? Good is. Subjective term. Okay, sure. I mean, I'm just asking you. I wouldn't say it's good, but I I would say seven is probably my rating for Silent Hill. Right. I liked Silent Hill because unlike Resident Evil, it captured the essence of the mood of the game. It stuck relatively closely to the sort of overall storyline. Okay. uh, From at least the first game i think yeah um and it had sean bean in it and yep. i think to be honest i just liked the mood of it tonally it was worth watching i think tonally it was delightful so the reason why i am in the games industry is because of silent hill 2 so i always wanted to work on a horror game and the reason why was because of silent hill 2 it's probably one of my favorite games of all time just like it's so scary the atmosphere is like well delightful dense. well dense mate and it it, it it was just nightmarish i'd have to play crash bandicoot for an hour after a, a session on on silent hill 2 um so and what they did with the sound design and, and everything in that game just really made me want to work in in video games nothing else before made me really sort of think it's a viable career path but then silent hill 2 came along and i thought you know the artistry is just amazing in that game but what i would say is that where a game gets it right a film kind of gets it wrong and this is a really of this is like obviously the most obvious point of the of the podcast is that games are interactive films aren't so there's a whole lot of confusion in silent hill there's a whole lot of i don't want to go down there or there's a whole lot of problem solving whereas in in the film none of that happens and the game the game is a good you know sort of 10 or 12 hours the film is probably 
you know, 100 minutes. But I would say that the, the story of Silent Hill, you know, it's not the best story ever. So you're not you're not looking at adapting a particularly fantastic story. You're looking at adapting a world and a, and a vibe and a feeling and an atmosphere. And that's that's exactly what they get. They get right. Um, but where it falls down for me, if, if you if you watch that film again, basically the last half an hour, the story comes into full effect. The, the acting is is hammy as all hell. At, at that point, I uh, I kind of went, no, they still haven't done a good one. Yeah, I think that the same is true for video games narrative. Now, not exactly the same, but similar issues arise from the interactivity in the opposite direction, right? So um, I was saying just before we started that when I was at uni, I wrote a paper in my master's that basically was about games narrative taking influence from films and cinematic techniques. So building an expectation, basically, that if you start using some cutting techniques or a variety of other things like the way that you'd use a scored soundtrack or things that were coming into popular use in video games around the time, like maybe five or six years before I wrote this paper, because this was quite a while ago as well in itself. You you were ahead of the the curve, mate. But they'd started using like things that were all akin to movies. So as soon as you start using like a score, um, like a cold open, like in Metal Gear Solid or something like that, Basically, the the games industry started to get um, there. There was an expectation that the video game narrative would be as good as some of the best of cinema, and I think that the problem was, well, you try and have like an authored narrative that takes you in a particular direction. The whole yeah. point of games is that they are interactive, right? So yeah. you could go as hardcore as something like Metal Gear Solid where you just get this expositional dialogue and huge long cutscenes that are not yeah. interactive which yeah. is which is not using games for their purpose which yeah. is giving you a chance to contribute yeah. um, now I mean I'd still enjoy those things but I think they're flawed because ultimately they'll never actually utilise the the format properly yeah. um, but Lots of games were not having these emergent social narratives that are basically more prevalent now yeah. because they were desperate to put cutscenes and copy movies in and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that there is an issue with that is that people have an expectation that there will be a plot-driven story. Um, but more and more games are about kind of what unravels as you go yes. along. what you do. Yeah, what you do. Uh, I actually thought about this when I thought of... Um, Tomb Raider. I basically put all the crap things in a list. And okay. Tomb Raider was one of them. And just even rewatching the trailer for that, I was like, oh God, like yeah. who would who would give enough of a crap to actually watch this for two hours? Because- well I did I watched I did watch the first one and I was under no it, I like my action nonsense. Yeah. You know. At the time I liked Angelina Jolie. Um uh-huh. Go and on. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, yeah, it, it just—it was pretty, pretty terrible from beginning to end. And even Rimmer from uh, Red Dwarf couldn't couldn't, couldn't save, save it. it. No, uh, it was it was pretty bad. You know, if you were going to do a true to life Tomb Raider game, you, you'd, you'd probably just make Indiana Jones, or you know, yeah. but with a little bit more exploration. I, I hear that they're making a, an Uncharted film. What's the point? Mm. What What's the point? It's just, just you know, it, it is, it is like Uncharted is is a riff on Indiana Jones anyway. So you're basically just making another Indiana Jones. 
Well, I think uh, what's the point is a question that kind of like raises uh, the, the crux of why any of these have been made is the fact that they're they're a franchise, right? Yeah. So, okay, we've got this demographic, we've got them nailed down because we know that they're buying these games. You've heard of them. With movies. You know, um, the uh, it's not quite an uncharted territory. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you've got this um, sort of captive audience that are keen to see what's next in, say, the Tomb Raider franchise or whatever. And if that's a movie, yeah. then they might go see it. And that's why they make them. And it's the same. It's vice versa with um, the likes of the licensed James Bond games that were all pretty crap apart from GoldenEye. Yeah. Um, but I the one thing I was going to say about Tomb Raider is just that the exploration and... Like part of the enjoyment of that is you can sit for hours on end exploring to try and find something, yeah. and actually nothing exciting's happened, but yeah. you're invested in it, yeah. and that's something that you'd either you found, find extremely hard yeah. to get across on screen, or you found five of one hundred ancient artifacts in <laughs> in a two hour session, and yeah, and and that that's the enjoyment of the game. It's not it's not the enjoyment of the film though. Um, because yeah. the story, the stories are always the weakest parts of those of those games as well, you know. And and I think this is this is sort of another point is that like Lara Croft is a good character, but nece- not necessarily in the you know the earlier games and not not counting the the most recent ones. But at that time when they had the Angelina Jolie ones, she was a good video game character. She was iconic but you wouldn't necessarily say that the, the stories were stellar. You know, they I, were- I actually, I actually disagree. I, 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 maybe it's just a semantic or wording, right? But I think she was a video game icon. I don't think at that time she was a good character. I think she was quite hollow and I think she was TNA for the games industry maybe. before, before it actually grew up and realized yeah. that she had to be a strong, female not just, lead. not just T slash a, Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I was going to mention, just when you said that the storylines are not good, in Tomb Raider 3, the video game... Yeah. Um, what was I'll that one put, called? Did it have a subtitle? I think it was called Tomb... No, I think it was just called Tomb Raider 3. Yeah, okay. Um, what was it called in, in Hungary? Blow Revenge. <laughs> yeah, Blow Revenge. Uh, it was called Sorry. Tomb Raider 3 Adventures of Lara Croft. Okay. Um... And I still remember, like, I, that was, I think, probably one of my first PlayStation games. First semis. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, so parts of it were in Britain, uh, yeah. and I think one bit of it was in London, right? And uh, <laughs> Obviously, yeah. There's this Geordie in London, so I don't know <laughs> why they've Does got... Does he own Greg's? <laughs> well, there's this amazing scene where you can barely tell what he's saying. So he could be saying, do you want Link or uh, Lorne? Do you want a date on that? Yeah. How are you, man? Let's see going down the tune. He's saying something about like... Um, go and get them names and the artifacts, Link. How he's got, yeah, it's something like that about artifacts and grafting. Just go and gan, do a tune, go and get that ancient artifacts, Link. You've nailed it, but it's yeah. actually worse than that, which okay. is surprising because that was fucking terrible okay so yeah it was uh it was good I'll, I'll put that clip up because it is a hilarious uh attempt at a geordie accent okay uh yeah i think lara croft uh tomb raider the movie was bad but 
I also saw Cradle of Life, which was oh, the second one. Fucking Cradle of Life's a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, re-watching the trailer for that one reminded me how inconsistent her accent is because she's got this posh English accent yeah. that's suddenly, like, Cockney every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that also stars Gerard fucking Butler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds, uh, sounds quite like Sean Connery. Don't mind me saying. Uh, uh, no, that that was just my own accent. Okay. That wasn't meant to be him. Um, sure. What's he like? L'Oreal. Fuck Hedistan. You should go back to fuck Hedistan. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that is, by the way. It's, well, I don't think he does either. He's it doesn't appear on any. doesn't appear on any map. And I've been searching since the movie came out. Yeah, so this um, is... Uh, Cradle of Life is the one where she's wearing the weird, the weird wetsuit. Yeah. yeah, which is actually quite like what she would wear in one of the games. And but, but weirdly, you know, directed by Jan the Bunt, who made the uh, the Great Speed. So, you know, what what happened there? How the mighty fell. Uh, yeah. So, Gerard Butler uh, moves me swiftly on to another thing that I wanted to bring up, which was gamer. Oh, can I <laughs> can I just that? can I just can I just read you a, a little bit of um, sex and nudity from Lara Croft: The Cradle of Life? I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, go on. Hold on, I'll, I'll just get a bit closer to the microphone. So. <clears throat> You'll certainly enjoy it. Angelina. So the microphone will be able to hear your semi. Angelina and Gerard kiss passionately. They lie back on the floor. She climbs on top of him and she kisses down his chest. There you go. So there's the platforming section <laughs> where she climbs on top of him. I think, I think they got that wrong. What does it mean? Tomb Raider is a is a kind of platforming game, isn't it? And if yeah. the only and, and she climbs on top of Gerard Butler, and uh-huh. that's it, it, that's I'm just saying that, that that was a platforming section where she climbs on top of a man. Yeah, it was funnier when you explained it. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. Okay, so did you ever see Gamer with um, Gerard Butler? Gerard, no, I didn't. So that basically was. I mean, it looked just terrible right um now i haven't seen it and like similarly london has fallen was one that i was like that looks terrible right and then eventually i watched it and quite similarly to the sigalathon where i enjoyed myself writing so many notes about how bad it was yeah london london has fallen gave me that joy so i feel like gamer i should go off and do that for as well okay because it, fine like not not only will it have terrible movie problems there will also be things where they blur the technology of what you can do in a game right. so much that it will annoy games industry yeah. types so yeah. i will watch it with bated breath okay benighted breath. but it was supposed to be a <laughs> benighted breath uh, but it was supposed to be a projection of where video games could go in the future so yeah. basically people taking control of other people's yeah. bodies now you can really shoot them, right? Huh? If you die in the game, do you die in real life? I'm yeah. pretty certain that was a phrase that must have come up in that movie. <laughs> There's no checkpoints in this game. Hey, have you saved recently? <laughs> yeah. Etc. Etc. Um, okay, so I recently looked at a trailer for something called Mind Gamers. Mind have you Gamers? Seen it? No. Good lord, it looks bad. Right. It's basically like jacking into the Matrix, but okay. um, jacking with, off to the Matrix. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah so you'll be quite familiar with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's, it's, uh, it's basically people plugging their minds into other people, like Gamer, that I just described. Yeah. But um, I think that they can take control of multiple people or something like that. Anyway, oh. it looked very like Power Rangers. There okay. were no name actors in it that looked interesting. They didn't have like- any names. They were- uh, name name actors. I refuse. Actor. I refuse to name this child. <laughs> no names. Uh, yeah. Or or um, same faces. Can I you like can you go them. and get um yeah you, you know uh can you just yeah him yeah that's the one no 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 him forget about it don't bother yeah, yeah. it's not worth it yeah and this doesn't look worth it but it's got free running yeah for no Check. for no reason yeah. Uh, it's got people plugging their minds into many other people's minds. Yeah. And it looks like a cynical uh, first part of a potential franchise. Okay, great. Has um, it got a double jumping in it? Oh, no. I mean, it's not that video gamey. Um, <sighs> but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, an edit somewhere means that somebody ultimately does double jump. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, how'd they do that? <laughs> yeah. Fucking double jump skills. We've talked about how bad all these are. Of the bad ones, are there any that you get any joy out of because they're that bad? No. It's in it's a subject that I'm I'm massively passionate about video games. Um and no, I don't think there's been I mean, alright, I haven't seen Assassin's Creed and it, it looks it looks to be at least a little bit like it could be the most like on the money video game adaptation of all time. But again, I just don't think the stories are good. Like I've I've played Assassin's Creed, I've played the pirate one that everybody said was amazing, um, and you know I just get. Conf- I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't find that there's that many games that I can keep up with the story. And this so this is where my another one of my my big opinions are is that games are long. Like I'm playing Skyrim at the moment. That's seventy hours. I've got some sort of clue who my character is and what I've got to do in terms of mechanics. And like what my skills are and what I enjoy doing and all that sort of stuff. But as as for the story and who people are, I haven't got a clue. I don't know. Same with like a, a Call of Duty game. By about a third, maybe two thirds of the way through it, I'm just shooting people and I don't know why. Hmm. Well, I mean, the the Call of Duty games are pretty straightforward, Ollie. If you can't follow them, no, those, I don't think probably... they. But I don't think they are though. I really don't think they are. I think I think like when you were talking back to the ones like the 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 World War Two ones where they were based on real theatres of conflict, then they were very followable because you were you know they they had this narrative there. You knew you know who was good, you knew who was bad, blah blah blah. It was well, it was I'm gonna, easy I'm to gonna, follow. But, I'm but date, let me date finish. Myself here. Let me finish. So what it feels like to me with a Call of Duty game is that it's it's a whole load of levels so they want to do one that's that's like the kind of alcatraz level and then they want to have like a a slum in rio then they want to have some kind of weird ice base then they want to have shit going off at an airport and they have a story to link it all together uh, i don't it, it it feels like they have to have such a variety of colorful levels that the story just is never going to work Mm, okay, so I I would disagree with you, right? So yeah, you would. That, I mean, you would. You would find a way, even if you even if you a hundred percent agreed with me, you'd you'd find a way to roll back ninety percent. 
So here's here's the thing, right? I think what you just described is something that I get annoyed about in films, right? So I've actually just described the same thing in Resident Evil where you just have a hodgepodge of locations that are simulated yeah. inside this massive company that are <laughs> simulating an outbreak in Russia mm-hmm. and selling it to the Americans, etc., 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 right? Yeah. And what you've described is, like, I must say, the last... Call of Duty game that I played was Modern Warfare 2 or something like that, right? Well, that's but, a long time ago when they still sort of made sense. Right, but you didn't describe... Like, I mean, that has the storyline where it became normal, at least to me, that I would expect to jump around locations. Yeah. But there was a sort of common thread of, like, these people who have this particular um, agenda are doing things across the globe, so yeah. let's all rally together to go place to place to stop it yeah and that all pretty much made sense to me and i mean like future warfare i mean i'm just not interested in yeah. playing that i'd maybe, rather play maybe it's just Halo me that i get confused maybe maybe my my uh, attention span isn't long enough to understand these these games i i think also like that there is a lot of stuff going on in video games that is not within the realms of the blockbuster that is probably hundred million times better on the storytelling front yeah you've nailed it there is that is that most of the really really good stories so i'm not saying no no video games have good stories but i, I don't think there's many big blockbuster games that have like a really memorable story but when you're looking at the the indie games then i think you are starting to get a lot of good personal stories there because you know yeah. they're just i guess allowed to do a little bit more with it but I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. name you. I could not name you that many big games that I think have an excellent story. That if I was in the cinema and I saw some of these scenes play out, that I wouldn't be going, "Oh, what is this?" There are some people that will have a, a whole cache of um, different games that are fantastic storytelling games, right? I think uh, the ones that I'm familiar with that I. The thing is, like, I I don't play enough games to have a really strong opinion about this. But okay. Uncharted, I think the storyline quality is there. I think it's good. Metal Gear, so- Metal Gear Solid suffers from its own indulgences, right? But I mean, the quality of experience when you play those games, at least from Metal Gear One to Four, I haven't played a lot of Five. Um, the quality of the story and the way it pulls you along definitely entertained me but your point about would it stand up in a cinema well no there are there are issues with exposition and stuff like that that you'd never get away with in a cinema yeah but i think to try and compare them directly like that whether whether a story works in a game is not determined about uh, determined by whether or not it would stand up in a cinema i don't think it could be adapted to the cinema but the whole point of it is that it is a different format and you have to be able to interact with it and i think that whilst like cynically in movies you just jump from location to location like i would maybe say about something that's designed around concept art maybe because because there's a tally required of okay you need to go to this many different interesting locations in order for the studio to be happy yeah i find that cynical right whereas so that would be your your james bond's if you can't sit through an hour and a half of a film that's in a single location without needing more to um, give you a, an eye boner yeah. <laughs> throughout, uh, then maybe there's more wrong with the viewer than there is. Yeah. Um, 
than we maybe uh, think well, there is. Well, you and but I are both, I think, you and I I are both fans games, of the single location film anyway, so... Yes, exactly. But I think with games, there is a slightly different paradigm there because, basically, uh, Call of Duty, as, as an example... Fucking means like fucking example of like fucking throwing all these big words at me, dog. I haven't prepared for. Prepared. Paradigm. So it's uh, like as a as a set of ideas, right? Right. Okay. You got your set of ideas, theories, or whatever, right? But okay. like uh, as as an example for it of those ideas, Call of Duty is. A game is the type of game where, as a developer, they need to make X number of locations, right? Yeah. Because that game needs to be played online for at least a year after it comes out. Sure. And there need to there need to be enough locations in that game to keep players interested for that whole time. Yeah. Right. And that needs visual variety. It needs yep. levels that are designed well. Yeah. But players are also going to have an expectation of a story. So I think actually they do a pretty admirable job of weaving those different levels together into something that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it does it does the job that it needs to do um, to keep people entertained in a sort of dogfight style. Um, I mean, uh, I, I'm, 100%, well. I'm 100% entertained by it and I, I buy them most years. Um, so that's 100% entertained. Well, no, they, I mean, they, no, they are very entertaining games and the set pieces are are always really good and you know the mechanics are great but i always do just find myself getting a little bit um lost i just find myself needing a really simple villain or like a simple through line all the way through it that i can hold on to all the way through a little bit like say for example in lord of the rings you've got three films that total like 12 hours but throughout the whole thing, you are taking the ring to Mordor. You are throwing it into the into the lava. So it, it never loses sight of that very simple premise all the way through the film. So no matter what happens, there is always that happening. And, and basically what I'm saying is games that do that really well are games like Journey or mm. Shadow of the Colossus, Ico, uh, Half-Life 2, things yeah. like that where you've got this point that you need to get to and it never loses sight of it so no matter what happens in in between you always know at some point well i know what the end game is because it's it's kind of like it's told me what it is and i think that's what i where i get confused in games like hitman or max Payne or uh call of duty things like that you know whilst they are really good games and i will play them over and over and over and over again i never kind of am sure of where i'm going and what i'm doing and 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 to me that that's like a, a narrative thing is like sort of setting you up with the motivation to carry on but in the end i just feel like i'm i'm sort of just shooting people um and it would be great you know so, actually it would it would be kind of great if in the next call of duty game they were like mate you realize you just don't know why you're shooting people anymore and you're just doing it yeah yeah well that that was one of the problems with uh one of the modern warfare ecologies was that it asked you to shoot innocent yes. people in an airport. Yeah. So they've already kind of played with the morality aspect of it and you didn't have to do that. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Call of Duty has gone the way of the Michael Bay's. So I think the days of their really serious moral yeah. quandaries and, and questions are kind of gone. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is 
I don't, I mean, I completely understand your point. It was a point well made, although the example of the movie uh, that continues to uh, point you in the direction of the one single goal, Yeah, I actually dispute a little bit because one of the things that really put me off the Lord of the Rings was yeah. just how, uh, I, I actually, I, I just think the whole thing, I'll get hell for this from people that actually like Lord of the Rings, right? But yeah. I just kind of feel like it was a really tough nut to crack. Like it was, it was okay. You get I could, hell from me. I mean, I just feel like there was a lot of stuff that went on that wasn't to do with that, and actually made it hard for me to see that that was actually the goal. Like it was. I, I, that's personal opinion. Anyway, that's by yeah. the by. I get what you're saying, and I think where yeah. the goal is clear and the rest can be left up to you is cool. Um, yeah. Shadow of the Colossus is a good example of that. Um, I think the original Metal Gear Solid was pretty clear on that. Like it said, right, there's this massive mech that you've yeah. got to, you know, sort out these guys and yeah. try to steal it because. And, and that was cool because there was a whole kind of cast of baddies that you knew were the baddies. Yeah. Um, with some surprises and stuff like that. And I found that that was, that was, was really good. The original one. Uh, one other thing that came to mind there when you mentioned Shadow of the Colossus was that the, the lower quality of the graphics actually left more to the imagination, which yeah. I think was a huge part of the storytelling yeah. in uh, video games for me. And I think uh, I've recently been reading the Stephen King on writing book and... Yeah. One one of the things that he discusses is like when you just paralyze a, a, a reader with too much description with a poison dart. <laughs> with just too much Turn description. Turn to page 73. <laughs> <laughs> when you literally paralyze your reader. It just means that people have got too much of uh, a picture of what the writer wants in their mind that they can't then take their own memories and ideas and put yeah. them into it. And I yeah. think it's when people put their own memories and ideas into something that they get attached to it. Yeah. So I think the same is true of early Metal Gear and Shadow of the Colossus and stuff like that. One other little game that had not much of a story in the narrative sense, in the classic narrative sense, but I liked Monument Valley for the way that yeah. you kind of always knew what the goal was and you yeah. understood who the baddies were and stuff. I think that had just enough of a narrative to keep me interested. Yeah. But anyway, so one final thing I wanted to say about um, video game movies was... I know. I, mean, I do. Really... I do know that this that for, for any listeners, this this has been very. I guess it's been banter light, but um, I found it interesting to discuss. I guess it's a subject that I have a lot of opinions on, um, and I, I'm, Too I'm many. In, no. Well, I'm interested. It's been interesting to to hear you uh, hear hear your take on some of my set in stone, uh, you know, thoughts here. So carry on. What was your What was your last? Well, the last one is I, I have a video game movie that is excellent. Street but, Fighter. No, it's it's excellent. It's Alone an actu- in the... It's an actual great movie. I would say maybe even an 8.5. Oh, no, there's no, not a chance. Fury. It, no. What's Fury? It's not basically Battlefield, isn't it? Oh, shut up. That's got nothing to do with video games at all. <laughs> Go on then, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. It is a very good film. Yeah. It's, so it's not it's not directly ad- adapted from any video game, but it takes some of the 
kind of icons and key things from games and makes a really nice movie out of it. And I think it was executed really well. I think it gets the essence of what games are about, but it also tells a really nice story as well. I think yeah. it's really good. Are there any games off the top of your head that you think could make a good film? I don't know, really. I think uh, off the top of my head, uh, just because I'm not thinking particularly long and hard about it, I think a Doom remake in the style of the Doom more recently might be a worthwhile endeavour because the Dwayne Johnson-Dexter Fletcher attempt in 2001 or whatever it was was fucking terrible. I don't know, maybe something like Doom or Dead Space. Dead Dead Space Dead Space I could probably agree with because... The reason why Doom could never could never work is because of the the intensity of the game. You you couldn't sustain that throughout a whole film unless sure. I guess unless you did it like some sort of Judge Dread style affair. That's there's what no, I was thinking. There's no downtime in that game whatsoever anymore. It's it's all rocket jump. I mean it's brilliant. It's it's amazing, but there's it, there's no time for dialogue or exposition exposition it's just combos and collecting health and chainsawing the shit out of things going down the dread route with that would be very good very interesting i think but yeah dead space would be something i'd be interested to see uh i kind of i only played dead space one and then kind of saw the way that that franchise went and i got less and less interested as it went along so i think something that stuck to the essence of the first one would be pretty cool to see what about you Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, if you did the Tony Hawk story or something like that, yeah. No, I, mean, look, I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't want to see that film. But maybe, maybe The Last of Us. I think again, very similar to Dead Space. I think it would just make a good atmospheric and atmospheric uh, film. There's a clear goal from beginning to end. Same with Dead Space. Clear goal from beginning to end. Uh, so I think sure. I think those are the best the best stories. I think they'd, they'd work pretty well. I think. I'm done. I think we should wrap up. Can I just read you one more IMDb thing and then we'll wrap up? Okay, if you must. This is about Hitman, Agent 47. Okay. Don't let your kids watch this. Here's why. There's no nudity, but only some skimpy clothing slash towel shots. Is his head not nude all the time? (laughs) His head is fully nude all the time. Uh, In brackets, (laughs) official ratings do not mention any scenes rated as nudity or sex because there are none. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I mean, fine. I mean, why, why, why make it up? Why lie? (laughs) The BBFC don't, don't have any, they, they don't tend to do that. Like just lie, blatantly lie on, oh, mate, loads of buttocks. When you've got an 18 rating, you may as well get some boobs in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or bums. Or, or, or dongs. Yeah. Yeah, shafts. Get a bit shafted. Um, so the main character's nipples are hard and visible through her white tank top. In a scene right before this shot, even though it says, you know, uh, throughout... Uh, in a scene right before this shot, she is shown in the shower. So that's a little bit of backstory to why that might have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Some may say a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreskin shadowing. <laughs> okay, so there's no nudity. However, her back and upper butt are shown. 
<laughs> upper butt. Upper butt, yeah. Certainly uh, up your butt. <laughs> violence and gore. So there's non-stop violence slash action, gory and bloody, with lots of splattering and cringe-worthy assassination scenes. Okay. I mean, maybe are they cringe-worthy because he's he's telling shit jokes in front of people he's just met, or or is it yeah, cringe-worthy it, because they're, he's shooting people's hoops off? He's, he's just choosing really. Uh, he's just choosing really cringy ways to kill people. Yeah. Like he's been killing people for so long that the shot in the head and two in the chest is getting boring yeah. now. So <laughs> two in the like, chin, <laughs> <laughs> one in the head, two in the chin. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's doing stuff like. Um, He's, he's shooting them in the ankle, then the knee on one leg so that they tip over onto one side. And <laughs> like, or, or um, I don't know, shooting them in the hoop. Yeah, excellent. Um, so uh, not all of the killings are up close. Many are from far away. Agent 47 is an excellent marksman who can shoot people from remarkable distances. Remarksmanable. <laughs> <laughs> but the body count is incredibly high. People are mostly shot, but they're also impaled or blown up or crushed to death. Seven okay. uses, seven uses of the word fuck. Okay. Now you said the main character's nipples are erect and that yeah, it was a woman. That, it, it might be directed by M. Night Shyamalan and there could be a massive twist at the end that nobody sees coming, but yeah, it does No, it's the just main. the nipples that get twisted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I, I, it's weird because Agent Forty Seven is supposed to be the main character, right? But but he is uh, he's like a genetic kind of he, he's woman. Been made, he, well, <laughs> woman, I think. Genetically, he's a woman. Yeah. Yeah, he's gender fluid. So, Ian, okay. would you like to uh, would you like to read us out? So the music is nicely fading in now. Um, I'd prefer every week when we end this for you not to ask me to end it. I, I would just jump in, but now, now apparently I have to vocally play us out every week, which is just embarrassing. So, if you'd like to... Not as embarrassing um, as having having hard nipples through a white shirt. Well, maybe for you. My nipples look cool. <laughs> God damn that guy's oh, got... <laughs> cool, cool nipples. Listen, <laughs> Sean. This is what you could look like when you grow up. <laughs> Check wow, these. Sean. Cool nipples. Okay. Mine's is a sausage sandwich. <laughs> One on link. Both. <laughs> and a can of juice. <laughs> Uh, okay, so if you would like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we're at UF Podcast. If you'd like to give us a comment or look at all the videos and fun stuff that we put on Facebook, then go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film. You can see episode guides or contact us on the Guys on Film website, which is guysonfilm.co.uk. Um, and more recently, we'll have posted uh, some more video content, um, moving goalposts. Which yes. You should go and have a watch. It's 13 minutes long, but if you've seen any of the teasers, you know it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, so docu docu drama. Yeah. Game okay, over. Bye. Over. Over. Okay. Cool. Bye. Continue. <laughs> I said we weren't going to do the accent. Continue. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, fine. Right, I'm going to stop recording. You bloody better, because we're finished.